On this episode of the podcast, I have with me Mark D'Antonio. He is the VP of Engineering at HQO. I think we'll be talking about a really interesting topic that kind of focuses on team impact and behavior. We're going to talk about how those intersect and how Mark goes about measuring those and his philosophies. And I'm excited to have him on to talk to us. Thanks, Mark. Hey, thanks, Ben. Excited to be here. Absolutely. So um, help us out in understanding what HQO does and then also just what your responsibilities are as VP of engineering. Yeah, absolutely. So HQO is the leading tenant experience platform. So what does that mean? We connect people to places. So we want to provide the optimal experience driveway to driveway for how you experience a workplace. That comes in a lot of shapes and sizes. It comes with a lot of really cool challenges, but imagine technology shaped at smart buildings, smart city technology, really trying to drive improvement in neighborhoods. So one of our goals right now is to drive improvements neighborhood to neighborhood, community to community to make sure that they're stronger than they were before COVID hit. So really being able to take a people-first approach to technology in the cities, affecting where you're working, it's an awesome mission. My responsibilities are to lead product development right now. So that includes the product management team. So people that are customer-centric, talking to our asset managers, our portfolio managers, property managers, asking what they need from an amenity standpoint to be able to drive the best experiences and make sure that we drive that into design. So making sure that we look like the market leader that we are, and then ultimately into the group that's building out this awesome tech service side and client side. Awesome. Sounds like an exciting space to be in. I guess in to the topic itself, you know, measuring team impact and how this behavior intersect with that. I think this is going to be interesting. Maybe start at the top and just tell us how your team is constructed, just high level, how big the team is. And, you know, I'm assuming you guys are probably agile scrum, but just maybe those things would be a great starting point. Yeah, absolutely. So we are agile scrum. I think we would call it scrum, but so we like to be agile, not do agile. So We make sure that we are taking as much inspiration as we can from the various frameworks. But we try not to be too much of a zealot about any one thing. It's really about delivering value and finding what works for the teams. The teams here are structured into tribes and squads. So the overall team size is about 70 in product and engineering. And it's divvied up across those disciplines that I had mentioned before in those then are separated into three tribes, which if you zoom out and think through, it's an economy of scale thing. So making sure we have a group of people that are laser focused on core reusable technology, enabling the other teams to move quickly with confidence. Things like identity solutions and payment solutions and any of those In another life, it would be like an internal platform. If it was from the time that I was at Warner Brothers, it would be an internal platform group, really an enablement group. Uh, Another that is focused on the core tenant experience products, and that is everything from iOS and Java clients to the back office admin, and really closing a core loop around how to connect these different personas, right? The people coming into the building every day to work, and then the people that are running the buildings and making sure that 
whether it's messaging or content or configuring a mini app for the tenants to use, all of that in that core loop is easy to use and it drives towards a self-service model. And then we have another group that we call apps, which is enabling different amenities across that ecosystem. So we see ourselves as the operating system for the built world, for these buildings. And to be able to do that, we need people focused on the technology that matters in various slices. So that if we look at the, the apps group, there's a lot around resource and services booking. So I have a shared conference room and a space that I want to make available to the tenants, making sure that we have an app that either is a built-in thing that we do, it's called that built-in mini app. So you're getting that out of the box, or we work with various partners to be able to work to uh, an API standard to provide mini apps that provide functionality inside the ecosystem. Easiest way to think about that's it's just like an app store. So developing uh, a third party, developing an app that then is available to these parties to provide to their building. So we have groups of people in spheres, so food and beverage and resource utilization and building operations, so forth, that really focus on specific partnerships, really getting that right, and then being able to provide that functionality to the people in the building. And then data. Everything we do is is data-driven. We're super proud of, of how we've built that infrastructure, but there is a group of people that are thinking, whether it's data analysts, data science, data engineering, how all these various activities get plumbed back into a central data lake, and then that surfaces up through either dashboards and reporting and in kind of a a rank and file way or really influencing the way that other teams can go about pulling from something like personalization or recommendation to be able to drive an improved app experience. Awesome. And I guess from the standpoint of, you know, when you're looking at your team and we're talking about measuring impact, I guess obviously first have to talk about measuring to a certain extent what are you using internally to kind of gauge like what factors, what metrics are you guys uh, looking at? Great question. So in that internal to engineering, we look at some of the core velocity metrics. So we track each squad has their own tracking, which then bubbles up to the tribe. So we can manage it at a leader level, at a director level, at a squad lead. So we look at a couple of core things. One is delivery against commitment. And for us, that's about making sure that the teams are setting really goals, that they're able to take a step back, block out, say, a month, two months, and really kneel what it is that they're committing to. So we we measure that. We aim for 85% plus. So we don't expect perfection. In fact, we don't want perfection. We want people to be aggressive about their velocity and push what they can do. So we ask people to look for 85% there. And a lot of that, when we look at it, take a step back, it's about what are the points that we're committed to versus accomplished. And we have a couple of subgroups, sub stats in that that we look at. So how often do we need to change up points inside of a group? What are some of the reasons if we look at, we have one team, for example, that's always over 100%. And a lot of that is because they're able to pull in additional points per sprint. So whether that is product improvement or tech debt, they're constantly going above and beyond. So what we'll do with that group is take a look at velocity and velocity. We just measure as the amount of points that a group can do. And we typically look at that in a three sprint rolling average. So 
take a step back, look at that, say, are we being aggressive about that? Maybe a group's just getting to a point of maturity that we're feeling really good about them being able to do a little bit more and it's proven out by the numbers. So we'll ask them to up that. So we look at delivery against commitment in terms of points and velocity and monitoring that pretty closely. And then we look at goals. So sprint goals, specifically as, as we look at how those ladder up to our OKRs, objectives and key results. Our objectives and key results are taken from a Google-style model where we're looking at a quarter and an annual window and really giving the teams room for autonomy and alignment, right? So I firmly believe that the things that really make it exciting to come to work every day are growing your skill set. So I'm improving my mastery. I'm a better engineer as a result of being here, you know, a year or two years. There's uh, alignment. So I know that what I'm working on is moving the company forward and autonomy. I get to make some choices that matter. If you don't have those, I just don't think it's that fun. So making sure that we do grant that to the teams, the system that we use there is guided by OKRs. And the sprint goals, we just look at the sprint goals. We take a step back and look at making sure that every two weeks, the goals ladder up to those quarterly objectives. And we have a question and answer session, usually every two weeks where we look ahead a bit and say, hey, are these goals going to get us to the results that we're hoping for? And then making sure that the teams are working in a predictable but sustainable way, right? We don't want anybody to be working recklessly. We don't want people to be, you know, burning themselves out. So can we get there with these goals? And sometimes we need to adjust or pull things out or move things to another team. But looking at ahead at that and then looking at a team, their completion percentage for those goals gives us a chance to take a step back and see how predictable that team is. And we can adjust accordingly, which is great. And then we look at speeds. So we look at cycle time as it contributes to time to value. So we look at mean time to value. The cycle time metric is really from the time that somebody puts the ticket in progress to the time that it hits production and engineering. So we look at that basically as an average. And we have, depending on the type of team, we'll look at setting metrics for that team. It, that breaks down into a couple of sides, right? Where do we need to do coaching on? Maybe it's pull request, right? So if the team is able to take something from, you know, I've moved the ticket in process and my time to open is great. And then we get stuck up in time to review. Sometimes it's about not having enough people to review it or needing somebody in one of the guilds, which is this cross-cutting group of specialists to come over and help get a pull request through. So when we look at cycle time and time to value, we break it down into Basically, everything that leads up to a pull request, the pull request to the close, and then the time to actual prop and, and build and get that through. So we can get a sense for where we're really improving as a team, how teams are coming together to communicate and collaborate. And then on the other side, maybe there's an infrastructure issue, maybe an environment is slow to build, or there's some congestion in our CI CD pipeline that we need to, to work on. And let me ask you this. So when you mentioned I mean, those are some really, I think, some key metrics that you guys are tracking. It seems like it's probably a good framework to help you manage you know, the team and delivery. When you're looking at actually team behavior, and maybe this ties into maybe one-on-ones, and, and I'll let you kind of explain. When you're looking to model team behavior, how closely are you working with the particular metric to the behavior that you're trying to embody in the team? Really closely. So we model our behaviors on our core values. So our core values are the acronym is let's go. So if we spelled those out, the first one is learning. 
So there are two halves to learning that we look at. It's it's both your aptitude to learn something new. So if it's JavaScript, you know, the world changes every two weeks, right? So making sure that people have a desire, ability to learn and how quickly they can do that. And then the flip side is mentoring and teaching and being able to get to a point where, yes, you understand this subject. Maybe it's commercial real estate. Maybe it's a technology. You now need to be able to push that to other people on the team and uplift the people around you. And then excellence, which is about how you approach your day, the desire for the product to be the best, the desire for the team to be the best, and really pushing for you know mediocre is not enough. We want to make sure that we're doing the best job, bringing our the best possible versions of ourselves into to, into the office every day. And then truth, and that could be hard truth, right? That could be contributing to a pull request. It could be maybe somebody spent a bunch of time on something, but there's a more idiomatic way to go about it, or there's an approach that you don't agree with, and really try to build a, a relationship of peer feedback and. We grade people on truth, mostly because we want people to contribute and feel the trust that they can speak up. And then, you know, nothing's off bounds for us, right? It could be something in the office, uh, maybe a, a different flavor in the bubbly machine if it's something a little simple, but it could be something, you know, a tougher thing that we need to talk about. Making sure that we have a culture that we are proud of to be able to provide that speed. Obviously, we have a bunch of metrics that I walk through that are about speed, but For us, it's not about moving recklessly. It's about how do you contribute to mechanisms for speed, functions for speed, process for speed, and not doing something foolish. Like it's not that move quickly and break stuff mentality. It's about thinking about being prepared for scale and being prepared for whether that's personnel or technology scale and and how we build those systems. Goodness, empathy isn't a superpower. Really need to make sure that we're being good to each other. Lead with goodness. We have a, a thing we say around here, uh, most respectful intent if you're reading an email. And then ownership. So we need people to be independent, to drive value. And the way that we get that out to people, we celebrate it every week. So we do these shout outs where every week we come together and we recognize people peer to peer. A good example, there was a group, two of my product managers have been running this history of HQO product. And they didn't need to do that, but they wanted to do it out of goodness and out of learning. And they wanted to teach people the path that we've gone through over these last years and why some things are the way that they are and how you could take that forward and really own your piece of it now as a new member of the team. So we shout them out, give them accolades and, and recognition for living the values. And then our grading system, our actually half year and annual system, our grades based on those values. So we try to foster the right, I mean, part of it for us, it's about what do we believe the attributes and values are for any company that has staying power, but also what does it mean to be a good human being? And when those two things converge, I think we win. Absolutely. I like the fact that you mentioned, you know, you want people to be truthful, speak up. Obviously, that's not something you're measuring per se. It's, it's, (laughs) that one's a tough one to measure. And that behavior seems like it can drive a lot of the impact. Obviously, the metrics are really important. You got to make sure you measure team velocity and that side of the house. Do you see some of that intangible, I guess the intangibles that you, you guys are measuring and then the data line back to impact? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you see it, but how are you kind of, you know, I guess, gauging the impact? So we use 
360 reviews as well. So part of the process is to take the time to write down specific situations and the impact of the behavior in the situation and being able to do that in a systematic way where regularly actually put that down and say, hey, at this point in time, last week, you sat down with me, you coached me through a challenging, I was stuck on the pull request. I couldn't come up with the right solution. I was trying to figure out how to unit test this thing. Whatever that situation is, we actually use our 360 system to measure that. And then that feedback comes through both to the individual, but then to the manager or whoever else is involved in the process. We do try to capture that and then give people the opportunity to grade it, even if it's a bit intangible to say, hey, this is a hard truth and it had a, a great impact on what we did. We try to put a quantitative measure on a qualitative thing. And part of that is just the perspective of the individuals. But we feel like if we catch it as close to the individual in that moment in time, the more successful that metric will be. That makes a lot of sense. I guess the you know when you're adding to the team, and somebody needs to you know, get up to speed and obviously not just from the technical standpoint, but actually, you know, fitting in with this kind of machine you're building of the checks and balances. What's the time frame for somebody to, I mean, obviously everyone comes from different backgrounds and different environments and adjustments occur for you guys. What do you see that assimilation? How long does it take? Is it quick? You guys need to you know, help somebody make, potentially relearn some things? I think it depends on the individual, obviously. We try to make sure that when people come in, they have quick wins. So you're committing your first code if you're an engineer and and getting your first build out in the first day or two. That just takes an approach where we make sure that we're carving out something where small and then an approach where we can shadow or pair program to make sure that, again, from a learning standpoint, that it's celebrated that somebody takes the time to bring somebody else along. But I think soup to nuts, it, it will really depend. We have a curriculum of, it runs, uh, you know, a 30, 60, 90 day scope where, you know, I'm not expecting somebody who comes in who's a Swift expert to be a commercial real estate expert at that time. But we do have a, a program where we try to teach people along the way why these specific values or what's going on in the industry matter. So we try to connect those dots. I think, you know, the more senior you are, the quicker you're going to come up to speed. But even that, it's probably two sprints. We always try to incubate people well. So even if we say we're starting a new team, we do this a a decent amount where there's a a new thing on the rise and we know we need to go after it. To start, though, we're going to slow it down and make sure that those people that are going to form the nucleus of the new group are embedded in another one so they can learn the good practices, whether it's agile practices. They build key relationships so they understand some of the subject matter experts. And then after they've contributed to that team, then we'll break them up from there. We won't ask them to start like from a cold start off in the distance and kind of do it their own way. So it slows down maybe that initiative a bit, but it actually speeds up their contribution to the other project and to the team at large. So I think we see most people really coming up to speed in their first month. You know, again, from that first code commit, the first couple of days to taking a more meaningful uh, user story and, and working in the group to be able to, to get that actual out to production. Hmm. And then in terms of you mentioned celebrating wins, what does the team do to actually celebrate those wins and kind of make the people you know, realize they're valued? 
So we take a couple of approaches to it. One weekly. So we get people together for a happy hour and we do our shout outs. If it, the people are in office, we also make that remote friendly by having a uh, zoom as well, being able to have people give shout outs remotely. Then we take the time as a team to take a step back. And every two weeks we do some sprint reviews and some demos. And during that, you know, we try to make it as fun as possible. So people can let their hair down a little bit and really see the incremental value in the product and gives everybody who worked on the project some visibility to other people who, you know, maybe uh, on the business side who didn't realize everything that went into it. So it's great to be able to give them a chance to show the value, talk through it. And then we take moments that are completely not roadmap related. Uh, we're doing uh, a hackathon, uh, for example, coming up in July. We know there's a good break time right around Independence Day where we're taking a couple of days to just do pure innovation. People can self-assemble. We're going to turn it into a bit of a, an internal party so people can come back to the office. Some people might not have been back to the office in a while. So uh, have people be able to come in and between uh, hacking on their project, we're going to do some breakout rooms with some games, pizzas, beers, that kind of stuff. So really be able to have people value the connection. And then we're going to show it off to the company and do a happy hour afterwards, which will be a blast. Awesome. Especially kind of getting some people who've never been in the office a part of that. And I think it's kind of you know still a work in progress for a lot of companies to kind of figure that piece out. But at least you guys are starting to realize that you have to accommodate both those audiences, especially people who are for the first time are actually meeting people in real life. Yeah. But what an amazing experience that is. I mean, we've almost doubled the team over this last year and the vast majority of that hiring happened remotely. So there's this moment where you just talk about a celebratory moment, but being able to see somebody that you've worked with now for months, you know, in 3D across the table from you and just being able to give people some space to enjoy that and, and to kind of reacclimate and get to know each other and do that in a way that isn't about a deadline, but it's about coming together and having a little bit of fun and stuff, you know, hey, we work hard, play hard, right? Like there are plenty of times where we, we come around a deadline and we've got to get something done, but you got to have those other moments too. You have to have those celebratory play hard moments. And we're also doing the teams putting together like a field day and we're going to work to fly some of the people out from the other offices. So we're building spaces in London and Paris right now, Toronto, New York. So be able to have not just all the Boston people come together or work with some people remotely in the hack, but bring everybody together for a day where we, you know, able to retreat in the traditional sense and celebrate bringing together as a, as a company on the rise. Very cool. Ah, it sounds like you guys have uh, a lot of interesting activities, lots of growth, you know, obviously trying to build a framework to support the growth and obviously uh, assimilating people back in. It seems like a lot going on. Thanks for being on. I think really interesting to kind of hear different perspectives on how people measure team impact and, and how you're modeling behavior and continued success in the growth. And if somebody does want to you know, ping you and, or maybe you know, pick up on uh, something you've mentioned on the podcast, is uh, LinkedIn a good place to kind of get in touch with you? Absolutely. Yeah, please do. It'd be my pleasure. Anytime we want to connect and talk through, maybe put together a panel where we have some people shooting the breeze, maybe a Q&A, it'd be awesome. But yeah, LinkedIn is great. I'm on there all the time. And you can direct message me from there, just LinkedIn if you want to. Awesome. Awesome. We'll make sure to include uh, your LinkedIn in the show notes. And again, thanks for being on the podcast and 
That's it for this episode. Um, We'll be back again with another guest, another set of topics. And until then, I always ask for two things. If you found any value in the podcast, I know you guys are sharing it and I appreciate it because the growth has been great to observe. So keep finding someone that might benefit from listening to an episode. And then otherwise, you know, if you want a topic covered, uh, hit me up on LinkedIn. Let me know what the topic is and I'll do my best to try to find a guest to align with that. Until next time. Thank you. 